Hey, hey, this is the Amy Williams Show, the motivational Christian podcast for women. I'm your host, Amy Williams, and I'm here to talk about all things life, God, love, and business. Whether you need inspiration and motivation in your personal life or a swift kick in the big girl pants for your business, you've come to the right place. As your podcast host and your podcast coach, I'm here to help you. No matter what you're going through in life, you are not alone. Let's dive in. everybody. Welcome to the Amy Williams Show. I'm your host, Amy Williams, and today I have an in-house guest. Hallelujah. There's a person here, and we're not restricted anymore. I have my BFF for, oh, I can't even know how many years. Um, Dominique Mason. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Um, so now that I just stuck my foot in my mouth, how long have we been friends? <sighs> Since 2002? Yeah, that makes us old. 2003? Yeah, 2002. Yeah. I mean, we were in high school for all four years, but I don't think our friendship really started until, until it would be 2003 then. Yeah. Yep. Then we went to cosmetology school together. And the rest is history. And we are here. <laughs> and here we are. All right. So we both went to a Christian school. Um, you had a different feeder school than I did, but we both went to the same Christian high school. Correct. So we have a lot of similar like upbringings as far as Christianity and Christian schools and that kind of stuff, but we definitely have differences. Um, I am white. You are black. I'm chocolate. What? <laughs> Vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, before we really get into the conversation, um, we're going to just, I was like, hey, you know, we've had so many conversations, like so many through the years, like this. The conversation of racism isn't new. I was like, hey, why don't you come on the podcast? And we kind of like pull the curtain back and let people see like what our conversation looks like between a white and a black girl that are friends. Right. And just kind of like, let's talk about the stuff that's happening um, in the world. So here we are. Let's start with just a little bit about you. Like you, you've got a couple kids. You've got, you know... You just bought a second house. You're moving. Like, tell us about you. All right. Well, my name is Dominique, and I have two wonderful boys. Isaiah, he is 10, and Marcus is 14. Yes, I have a teenager. Scary. Crazy. Um, just bought my second house, which is super exciting. I can't believe you bought a house and sold your house through pandemic Oh, it was... That was nuts. It was crazy. It was crazy, but I did it. I did it. I'm so proud of you. Um, so, yeah, I went to a Christian school all my life. So, I started off um, in elementary school, and then I went to middle school, and then high school, Christian school, and that's where I met my friend, Amy. I really feel like cosmetology school, which was... Well, it was our senior year of high school, because we went to trade school. And then the year after. So I feel like those two years were really formative for our friendship. Not that there was anything that happened before that. No, we I just, just think never, we... like, crossed circles. Right, I think we just, we hung out with two different groups of people. And right. then, yeah. And we never had classes together that I can recall. Nope. Um, I mean, I knew who you were, but it wasn't, like, good or bad. It just, like, there you were. Hey. Um, so I'm, I'm really, I just want to say I'm, like, super duper duper thankful for our years and our friendship um 
through the tiffs and the fights and the the good and the bad. Right, right. You're, you're the the holder of my, you know, all my dirty secrets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she has to be my best friend forever. <laughs> you're stuck for life. Yes. <laughs> Don't worry, I got all yours too. So uh, we're good. I know. It's, it's even playing field. All right, so let's talk about dating. Okay, here's the disclaimer I wanted to put out. Not every black person has the same opinion. Not every white person has the same opinion. So when we have this conversation, for one, like, clarify, that's 18 years, basically, 17. Oh, my gosh. Right, yeah. That's a long time to have had many of these conversations. I remember in high school asking you if I could say the N-word. Like, right. We've had good Samantha, conversations, though. And you and Samantha like, were like, no. Right? <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> good try. <laughs> I didn't know. But so it like, yes, we've had lot. Like, so I, I want to make that disclaimer. Like we are comfortable and hopefully in our conversation, it sheds light to to other people that they can have a good friendship with someone outside of their race. Um, but also that like your viewpoint might not be the same as if somebody else were talking to a, a black girl and somebody that's listening that's black might not find a white person that has the same viewpoint as me. Right. Um, I just I have to throw it out there because I feel like some people are that I'm seeing on social media are like all black people, this all white people, this I just want to get back to like, we're all individual people. We all have our own walks of life, and God's called us all to different purposes and things for our life. So just throwing that out there. But, all right, so our dating history, we don't have to go into, like, the ex-boyfriends, but we're going to talk about race. So um, we joke around quite a bit because um, <laughs> because somehow along the lines, wires got crossed, and I date black guys, and you date white guys. It wasn't always like that, though. Like, I don't know what happened, but, uh, yeah. She's like my yin to my yang. Like, um, yeah. All right. So it would be so funny because we would, you know, back in the day, go to the club and, like, just, it was always so funny for us, at least behind the scenes. We would just get a giggle out of it. But So we're going to talk a little bit about what it's like to date and marry outside the race if you want to call it hate like labeling it that and just different experiences with that but then also because I have three biracial kids you have two biracial kids um and kind of just get into that conversation a little bit so that way you guys know what's coming up so let's start with dating okay for me like I, I think I've talked about it a few different times with with dating my first boyfriend in fifth grade was white and we didn't even hold hands um do you call that a boyfriend um but then ever since then it's always been um that other box that other box was that that other box um native american african-american black right you know um maybe a few hispanics kind of dated like nothing serious in the middle there like but um I've never had a white boyfriend. See, I was totally different. I started off when I was like all about the black guys. And then somehow I just, I don't know. Maybe I got bored. And I went to... <laughs> you got bored. I don't know. I don't know what I did. Like I just switched it up. Like I dated 
Hispanic guy, and then all of a sudden, I just started dating, like, white guys. I think I remember the first guy that you were like, oh, he's cute. Remember? I don't remember his name. We don't need to throw it out there, but I remember being like, ooh, and then the rest was history. Yeah, I don't think I've stopped since, but... So, do you feel like your family or maybe friends that are also black ever had an issue with you like can we just say like dating outside your race like what else do you call that i don't i don't like that term but yeah just just say it that's what that's just what it is yeah for sure i've always gotten like why are you just dating white guys or why don't you date black guys like i mean i just like what i like and i like everybody I mean, if I find a delicious black man, I'm going to talk to that delicious black man. (laughs) Keep it real. Was that too much of deliciousness? Maybe I should put this over there. Oh, that's hilarious. I mean, Uh, I just like what I like. You're not going to discriminate. If no. the white black guy comes along, cool. You're not, like, only seeking one, right? No, no. But that's just what's what's happened. Right. Um, I think that's so funny. Because for me, like, I feel like in high school, like, I had my select group of friends. And it was pretty much white. Um, whether it was, like, from basketball or softball or, you know, just whatever. It happens, right? You have your group. Um, and every time I hung out with the black guys over here, I like got not included. And I don't want to sit here and say like that was intentional racism. And they were like, Oh, but it was like, Oh, well, if you're going to go hang out with them, then go. You know what I mean? Right. And you're saying you were getting this from like your white peers, but it was never said. It was, it was you just kind of could feel the cold salt. You could feel the cold salt. Right. Um, and I think I, I also had, like, just different conversations between, you know, family or close friends. Are like, yeah, that question, why do you like black guys? Or for you, like, why do you like white guys? Like, why? Like, I don't have an explanation. Like, right. why can't I? And why does it even matter? Why? Right. I don't get it. I don't get it either. I think my best comeback to that was when my mom asked me. We were at the bar, so I had, it was right before she passed, and she just was like, I just don't understand, um, why, why are you so attracted to black guys? And it's not like she ever had a problem, but she just couldn't understand it. My, my best comeback was, why do you white, like, white guys? I just threw the question back in her face, and she was like, I don't know, I never thought about it. I'm like, well, I've never really thought about it. I mean, I, I guess I do think about it because everybody's asking me, but. Right, why do you like white guys? Why have you only dated white guys? Just because that's your bubble, that's your circle, that's your that's all you've ever dated? Like, And a lot of that, I think, is just a bubble. <laughs> but for me, I just don't want to discriminate. Right. And I, I don't think I discriminated against dating white guys. Um, for me, like, total, complete transparency here. Um, I guess I'll put this out on the, the world to hear. But um, we used to joke. Do you remember being like, oh, let's see how many guys... Um, that our white will hit on Amy tonight. And we used to make jokes about it. Because right. it would be zero. And there would be a lot of black guys that would hit on me. But I just you know, And it's like, I, I don't understand. I think everybody has their type, though. So Yeah, but how do I attract that? By just standing there. Right. You know, like, we wouldn't, like, actively go out and start talking. Like, we would be standing there, me That's and true. you. Right. 
maybe a few other girls and it would be that, I don't know if I was just approachable or I had that vibe or if I gave him a look, like, I don't know what it was, Right. you know? Yeah. I mean, we used to laugh. I'd be like, all right, you guys want me to date a white guy? I'll date a white guy. But here's the deal. He's got to approach um, me? Come at me. Right. Right? Like, okay. Um, and it just, it, no, nobody, ever, like, I'm sorry, but if, if you are a man approaching me, regardless what you look like, tall, short, fat, skinny, dark, light, whatever, I don't care, you are going to approach me. You are going to ask me on a proper date. I totally like, agree. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. I'm so, not approaching you. Right. So. Right. 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 So they just, the white guys never did. I think there was like a couple. Like in all of my dating years, I could count on one hand how many actually like came up and approached me and like wanted to have a conversation. That's, yeah, that's Where the, that goes with the thing, but. I don't know. Well, yeah, that's never happened to me, I guess. I can't say that. I was just approached by. Like guys, like, oh wait, yeah, I can't just say that. That's okay. okay. So, all right, let's let's kind of hop over the dating because it's that's kind of, you know, it is what it is. I just I wish that people would just be more open minded and, like, depending on if you have that relationship, like I can ask you, like, hey, why are you attracted to white guys? Or you can ask me that, why are you attracted to black guys? Um, but we have that foundation to our relationship that conversation is comfortable. And I just, I don't think it's appropriate for maybe someone outside of that comfort level to just be to like. To approach someone and say that. I agree. That. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a time and a place for that type of conversation. And I just don't think it's any of your business. Not at all. Like, if you have a problem with it, move along. Like, I feel like right now everybody's got something to say. You're um, still going to like who you like regardless. Right. And at some point, like, at what point do you say okay, maybe I should change my viewpoint and be more accepting or I'm going to lose this relationship, whether it's your daughter or your son or whoever. And you say, oh, they're always going to date black guys. I guess I'm going to have to get used to this and figure it out. You know, Um, I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned for for everybody um, because when you start mixing and you have both sides in one family... And you've got birthday parties, and you've got grandkids, and you've got all these things. Like, you're going to have to get along for the kids. And I think that's that's where we're going to go with this conversation is just more along, you know, parenting and raising up biracial children that are in this world. Now, my kids, 7, 5, and 1, are not on social media. They don't have social media. They know what it is because they see mom doing it, whatever. We've had very limited conversations about current events, um, but it's still a very PG conversation. You know, there was there was a bad guy who was a cop. It was like, I don't go into the details. And I go, a lot of people are upset. There's good guys and bad guys. Some of them wear uniforms and some of them don't. Like, I think this is one of the first times I've actually told them about someone. Um... I don't think I told them about Ahmaud Arbery. I didn't tell them about Breonna Taylor. I just, this conversation was different. I like keeping them in a bubble. And not in a white bubble or a black bubble, but just in a, a kid bubble. Like you're seven, five, and one. Right. You don't need the weight of the world on your shoulders yet. 
same with my kids. You they're know? on social media, so it's totally different. You, yeah. Right. And they're like, Mom, did you see what happened? And I explain it to them, and they get it, but I don't think they quite understand it. Like, they're right. just seeing it and going through the motions, where I'm going through the motions and emotions. <laughs> right. Like, totally different. What are those conversations like in your house? Okay, I guess most of my conversations come with my oldest, and... I don't know. Most recently, it was like the riot thing downtown, I think. So I came home and he was like, Mom, they're rioting. And I'm like, I know. And he's like, they're they're burning up stuff. And I don't think that's riot. And so we had to sit down and we had to, to digest it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, well, I understand that people are burning things. But what do you think is more important? You know what I mean? Like, they're burning buildings, but they're also killing black people. So is it more important for them to... Like it, like, is it more important for? Yeah, is it more important to save property or save lives? Right, right, right. right. And he, he was kind of lost at it because at first he's like, they shouldn't be destroying property, but then at the same time he's like, well, you know, life is, life is more valuable than property. Mm-hmm. Property can be replaced, a life can't be replaced. Right. So I mean, we ha- we have those conversations, and I just kind of pr- try to break it down with him so that he has a more of an understanding because it's just hard to have those conversations with him. And to get him to understand, like, where everybody's mind is. Like, for me, I, like, I'm, like, no, you shouldn't destroy people's property. Right. But at the same time, I'm, like. But I, I get it. I get it. Right. I'm, I feel the same way. Like, do I think those actions are right? No. But do I get it? Absolutely. Right. And I have, and I have, like, black people that are just, like, no. We mess up stuff until they, they understand. Mm-hmm. And I just, I sit there and I listen and I shake my head. Do I think it's right? <laughs> I don't right. know. Right. I don't know. It's it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. And then there's also the, okay, the people that are actually looting are a totally different group that's like being sent in with bricks and not like you're seeing those stories. Yeah. And you're like, okay, like, uh, it's how, so how you, much. Like, how do you, how do you digest all of it? How do but, you even sort it out? How do you know fact right. from the fiction? Right. Like, right. like it's, it's just a mess. So how, how... How do you shield your kids from that? Like, I don't know. I think that's why we, we t- we've talked so much about the bubble. Um, just the bubble of just being in kids. But then we also talk about the white bubble. And, you know, a lot of white people are just, they're in a white bubble. And if they, if they don't have any black friends and they don't have black neighbors or, you know, they're just that white bubble. Right. How do you how do you change that? How do you get outside of that bubble? And and, and the first step is just like realizing like, hmm, I am in a white bubble. Like you have to acknowledge it. Okay, I'm doing two different thought processes right now because I'm talking about the white bubble, but I'm sticking on the lane of kids. One of the things, so we'll get back to the white bubble. We'll get back to that. Kids who are both. Right. Or even adults or... Um, you know, if you're in that mixed family of whether it's through adoption or through birth or through whatever it is, like yeah. I just, my heart is so broken. You have to be going through so many emotions. I know. Yes. I mean, I like, I feel like I see both sides. I don't agree with both sides. I see both sides because I have white family and I have black family. I have white friends and I have black friends and they don't necessarily know each other. And I see, like, some serious, like, on both sides. Right. You know, to the, to both extremes. And it's like, I, 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 
it's so hard to navigate just for me um and with all my knowledge and understanding and experience and you know I don't want to call it wisdom but right. just age I guess for you it is an adult adult right. like yeah and then I think about my kids and I'm like oh, oh, oh I'm not ready for you to grow up and I know you're you're ahead of the game a little bit for me and I know there's other people that um hopefully will come on as podcasts that have raised and are in the age of like empty nester but how do you like make sure you're pouring into their self-worth day in and day out so that when they do get discriminated and when they do have racial slurs thrown at them that it doesn't completely crush them like how do we make sure we build them up and make them strong right because let me tell you my first experience was that was when I was working in a portrait studio and someone came to pick up their pictures and did not want me to, te- like, hand them their pictures. They did not want my chicken fingers on their pictures. <laughs> that, that was his, like, exact thing. And I know exactly what he was referring to, but when I left work that night, I, I totally broke down. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's not something I was used to. Like, I went to a white school. Like, you know, I, I, like, I felt accepted. Right. So to get that from somebody, I was totally crushed. Totally crushed. So how do you, how do I show my kids from right. when someone says that to them, just walking away and still knowing who you are? Right. Right. I know as a mom, I'm going to be their advocate regardless. Right. Right. But it adds in a different component when you're talking about race, because I know that they're going to experience things that I will never understand. But I also have to be their safe space. And I also have, like, it's just, it's different. Like, I have to be able to advocate for them with that. Right. You're going to be able to support them, but you're never going to know how exactly right. they feel. No. Right. Right. I guess where where my focus right now is on my kids and how we can help the next generation and just, like, how do we make sure that we don't screw this all up. Because right now, it just looks real bad. I mean, we're going backwards. Yeah. Like. Backwards. Backwards, backwards. Like, it makes no sense at all. And it's so scary. Like, for our kids. Yeah. It's 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 overdue. So we need to, we need to, we need to make a change. Like everybody needs to make a change. Mm-hmm. We need to open up that bubble. To pop the bubble. Pop the bubble. All right, so let's go back to the white bubble. I feel like it's like a normal conversation that we talk about the white bubble and the white bubble this and that. But I also think it's important for the black community to realize the black bubble. Am I wrong for that? No, they need to realize there's a black bubble. There's people that don't like white people. I don't even think it's like just liking white people. Like I think for, for me when I think of the white bubble... It's not that you don't like black people. You're just not exposed or around any of them. You go to an all-white church, an all-white school, and you're in an all-white neighborhood. And your job's all-white. You're in a white bubble. Yeah, so you but- don't... But you don't necessarily... Like... So it's not like... Like, you can sit there and post um, Black Lives Matter, and you can be like, yes, everybody needs to be treated equal. And, but your bubble is white. Right. Your circle of friends is white. Everything about you 
and your life is white. So you cannot, obviously not you, but whoever's listening, that your whole bubble is white from church to school to your kids' friends to, to neighborhood to like everything is white. So when I say the black bubble, I mean like there's black people that their church is black, their school is black, their neighborhood is black. That's what I'm talking about. Like the gotcha. physical Right. Well, they're not bubble. trying to step out of their bubble either. Right. Right. How can we pop that bubble? Because just as important as it is for white people to pop that bubble and get outside their bubble, it's important for the other side to do the same thing. Well, I think people need to take steps, like with anything. Like, you know what I mean? It's going to be that first step, and then you're going to take a couple more, and then you're going to take a couple more. But you can't start if you're just going to stay in the bubble. Right. Right. And I know, I know there's so much history as to why demographically there's bubbles and there's, you know, this black community here. And it's, you know, like I get, I get that. I'm not being naive. Um, but we talk a lot about it where like, it's so important for, for Shannon to be a good role model in this neighborhood because and I can't speak for all my neighbors. My neighbors are awesome, super friendly. They're great. Love them. Love their kids. They're, you know, I don't have any complaints. So if any of my neighbors are listening, hi. Um, <laughs> but for some of these neighbors, they are also in a white bubble, but then they've got their one black guy that they know. You know what I mean? Right, right. And then, but you also think about their kids are now exposed to three brown kids and they're all playing nice together and they're sharing and they get along and it's great. So these kids are having an experience with a black or brown kid and it's that's a good positive. Right. And the, the relationship that my neighbors have with my husband, positive. That I know, at least that I know of. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But I just I think about like how how we can get into each other's bubbles and positive experiences so that you can break down stereotypes on either side. That you can make that progress. Is it really reliant on the government and the systems? Or is it reliant on us? Right. I mean, I know there has to be changes. I'm not saying there's not. Someone's going to get pissed off no matter what I say. Because we talk about lending and we talk about, you know, mortgage rates and pricing. Right. You know, because it's harder to get into these white neighborhoods because their value is higher than you talk about when a black person moves in their value goes down and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. everybody leaves because there's black people ah! right so i get that how do we how do we go about that okay so your neighborhood's all all white and you have shannon that's setting a good example and then you have your kids playing with the neighborhood kids which mm-hmm. makes the neighborhood kids like your kids and be able to be be around brown kids. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like at the same time, is that enough? No, I don't because, think it's enough at all. Because they're going to go back out and they're going to get fed different stuff. Right. Right. And I think there's a, there's some point of like, my kids cannot be the catalyst. My kids can't be the brunt of your ignorance, you know? And I think a lot of, of the ignorance is generational ignorance. Mm-hmm. So it's all about, like, breaking the cycle. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm at a point in my life that, like, okay, so you don't like that I have white friends. Cool. I'm still going to have white friends. You don't think that I 
should date white guys or outside of my race, well, I'm still going to do it. I mean, you can choose if you're going to love me or not. Right. And I think that our generation is doing a good job. Like the generation coming up, like, I think it's all the older people. I feel bad, (laughs) but I, I feel that way. I think there's definitely some, yeah. I don't think I it can't, stems I from can't, the older people. I guess I, I should say. Right, I can't put them in an all. I can't put them in an all. Just like I can't put black people in an all. I can't say all black or all old people. I'm not saying all pe- black people. I'm just saying I feel I feel like it stems from yeah the older generation. Well, absolutely. But look what they went through. I mean, you talk about the riots and the marches and the protests in '65. Shoot. Right. So yeah, you're looking at you know someone who's 13 like Marcus is right now. You're looking at somebody right now who's 70 that already went through this. So they already went through the desegregation, if you want to call it that, of schools and the marches and the, you know, not talking about slavery, but we're just talking about civil rights. Right. Um, so there's a lot, I, I assume there's a lot of animosity and a lot of anger you're right you know and so that that does get brought down it gets passed on but at what point do you just stop now i was gonna say because i mean it can't it just can't keep on going it can't keep on going i know i don't know i think the for me the bubbles are the problem because if we keep living segregated schools are segregated even though oh there's school of choice Oh, you you can come here if you want. You could live here if you want. Yeah, but get your own transportation. Yeah. Make sure that you right. can get here. Right. Like, we're not going to come to your neighborhood and pick you up. Yeah, you just did school choice for your kids for how many years? Four. Yeah. And you, deal, you dealt with that. Mm-hmm. Why did you choose school choice? Because I felt like there was a better educational system. But it's a majority white school, isn't it? It is. Which goes back to school of choice. Like, right. are they trying to give us out? Oh my God. There's just, there's just like so much to cover in like a short session of like, hey, let's record a quick podcast because we, we do have so many conversations when you talk about all the things between just mortgages and the history and oh man, I feel like I could go on and on and on. But if our focus is on our kids then our focus has to be not just on parenting and parenting outside of your bubble and parenting um, with with modeling inclusivity, if that's a word. Just modeling that behavior and having a multi-ethnic group of friends and teaching your kids that we love everybody and you know, that's definitely important, but I also think that education has to be, the educational system has to be a priority. Shannon and I talked about this the other night, and we were just talking about, you know, where can we implement the most change? And I think it's the next generation. And I think they're getting it. I think so, too. I, I think they're doing a lot. And they're probably all looking at all these adults like, y'all are cray For sure. Like, why can't you guys get your stuff t- yourselves together? Like, like mm-hmm. we we get it. Mm-hmm. They're probably like, whoa, we all get along. What's y'all problem? Because we can't get out of our bubbles. Right. We're so stuck in the same so spot. Stuck. I don't know. For me, I feel like 
This is going to sound like super stuck up, but I don't really care. Um, I really feel like my kids are better off um, for the amount of um, variety of friends that they have um, between, and, and we don't need to just talk about race, my brother in a wheelchair and going to visit his home with everybody in wheelchairs and they're seeing love and inclusion and just because they're in a wheelchair doesn't mean we discriminate against them or you know um and then you talk about they're I don't know what the right word exposed feels like the wrong word but they're exposed to multiple different you know ethnicities and celebrations and traditions and for me I just I'm like my kids are better than yours because they're getting all this stuff at such a young age Right. You know, mm-hmm. so I said, it's going to sound so stuck up. Maybe, I don't know. It just, when you get brought up in an inclusive home, it's hard to see. Differences. It's hard to see how other people don't. Right. How do you not get this? How do you not get that in the Bible? It says, love your neighbor. All right. We had, we made some bullet points because we we're like, we don't. We don't have like a set plan for this, right? We just wanted to pull back that curtain. I have one question for you. Have your kids ever been called mulatto? They have not. But did anybody say it like to you like, oh, your kids are mulatto? No one has ever said it to me, but I have heard the term before. But it was like when I was probably like 19 or something. And Uh I honestly think it was like a conversation between a guy that I was talking to and about how you dated black guys. And he was like, oh, she's going to have mulatto kids. How about me? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I guess so. (laughs) You know, like, what is mulatto? That's funny. Um, I actually, man, it was probably a year or two ago. I went and got my hair done at a salon. I usually do my own hair. So it's like a big deal when I go to a salon. But it was, and this lady sitting next to me. Started talking, conversation, whatever. She's in Forest Hills. Um, and she was like, oh, you have kids? I'm like, yeah, but I have three. And, you know, like, it was recently after Sarai. You know, she's only a few months old. And then I showed her a picture that was, like, from our newborn session, which was, like, all three of them. And she was like, oh, they're mulatto. They're so cute. I was so caught off guard. Like, I didn't know what to say other than thank you. And then she proceeds the conversation into, do you have to put sunblock on your kids? Oh, my goodness. Let's go into this. And I was like, yeah, I I do. And I'm like, they can still get sunburned and they're still children. I want them to have good skin for a long time. Right. Like, the sun is still damaging no matter what color their skin is. <laughs> it's like, hmm, all right, this conversation's going really well. Because then it was like, well, my daughter just gets so tan, and she's uh, what Italian and something, uh, whatever. And it was just like, she was trying to compare. And it just was like, this is not salon talk. I came here... For the first time in like over a year of actually paying to get my hair done. And this is the conversation I get. Like this, you don't know me. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Um, so there's just some of that. But it was just also like, 
what in the world? Because I have not, like, I knew the term was around and I knew some people had used it. Um, I think in like the older generation, like I had, I was, I'm able to correct that and say, Hey, we don't use that term anymore. Right. And then it's like, Oh, we don't like, they didn't know any better, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, okay, well now you do. So don't use that word anymore. Right. Well, she obviously Um, was not exposed. Like thirties, maybe, maybe early forties. So no, no. I really want to quit talk about um, just that term mulatto since we're talking about biracial children. Um, I know some people say mixed kids. I call my kids mixed. Sometimes I call them biracial. I don't know if that's offensive to other people or if it should be. I don't feel like mixed is a... I don't like mixed is because I feel like mixed can go with anything. It can go with anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Biracial to me means specifically two races. Mm -hmm. Anyway, mulatto is not the term to use. So if you're someone listening to this and you're like, oh... Not supposed to say mulatto. Um, do you want me to read the definition real quick? Yeah, go ahead and read it. I'm like, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's a historical racial classification of people who are born with one black parent and one white parent. And this, this word stems from the period of slavery. The Spanish root word mulatto is used to mean of mixed breed, although it literally means young mule. So... That is why um, when you look at the term and you learn it and you go, oh, that's why it's a thing. You're literally calling my child a mule. Like, that's the literal interpretation. (laughs) And when you talk about slavery, if they were mulatto, if you want to use that word for that time frame, they were still slaves. Right. So I just wanted to throw that in there. And I wanted to know if you'd ever had anybody say that. But no, I've never, never came across mulatto. But can I touch your hair? Okay, so let's let's close on this. We're gonna talk about hair for a second, just because we can we can giggle about it. <laughs> we're gonna let we're gonna end it with a giggle because it just ha- it just has to happen. Um, we both went to hair school, so we can talk about hair. All right, can I touch your hair? I get that all the time for my kids, all the time. Really, like. Her hair looks really soft. Oh, she did she get your hair? Like, it's this confusion because their hair is, it's, like, curly. But it's but soft it's, and it's not the kinky texture, so. Right. They're a little confused of how it came out like that. Yeah, they don't get it. I'm like, well, it's, it's a mix. <laughs> right? You get what you get. <laughs> and what's funny is the oldest two, Amar and Eli... Like, their skin tone, their eye color, their hair color, their hair texture, their hair curl is, like, identical. Like, everything, they're just 18 months apart. Like, a lot of their, like, their facial features are a little bit different, obviously, female, male, whatever. Right. But you can tell they're siblings. Like, Amara thought it was so funny when her art teacher this year, because now Eli was in kindergarten, and so he was finally at the same school as her, and her art teacher was like, Hey, is your brother Eli? And she was like, Yeah, and our teacher thinks he's cute, mom. And That's she just so she loves her art teacher. Her art teacher is a sweetheart. But it was just so funny. And I'm like, you have no idea how much you one you look alike and how much you both stand out as <laughs> right. <laughs> but okay, cool. I'm glad she can recognize that your brother. <laughs> I know there's other kids that look like their siblings too, but it just you stand out a little bit. But it was just it was so cute. But yeah, we get that all the time. 
so funny. Yeah, Marcus gets it in school all the time because he has the coarse curly hair and it's like a fro. So all the girls want to touch it and I want to elbow other girls. But mm. yeah, mm -hmm. but he, yeah. I don't know how I feel about people asking you to touch hair all the time. Stop asking us to touch our hair. I think I touched their hair. I've touched their hair before, <laughs> but not out of like the, hey, can I touch your hair? But just out of like, I pat your head. Like I would normally pat my right. nephew's head. Right, right. That's different. And then I, but I noticed one time I did it and they were like instantly like, it's <sighs> like, oh wait, okay, I'm done doing that. I've done that since you were born. But it's okay. the awkward. It's the awkward. Like <laughs> It is. Like, the girl that was at the salon. I'm surprised. Like, if you had your kids with you, she'd be asking to touch your hair. Their hair. Yeah. Like, that that awkwardness, like, right there. I think with anything, if, if we're talking about can I touch your hair or let's talk about whatever, it all depends on the intention behind it and the heart behind it. So, if I want to sit here and talk to you about weaves and extensions and uh, relaxers, and I want to talk to you about textures and, like, you know, because we've had this conversation about right. what freaking product should I be using in their hair, when should we be doing deodorant, like, we've had these conversations, uh, lotion, like, all of the things, because I'm sorry, but her hair, as much as it is like mine, and the, but it's not, you it's know? different, right. Um, and her skin is different like she needs more lotion and I'm like I gotta come about this conversation without her feeling different but just like honey your skin's thirsty you have to put lotion on it it's <laughs> thirsty I love it like I tell I tell her like lotion is water for your skin just like your body needs water your skin needs lotion put it on it's just it's different you know right and um I think it's funny that we can we can have these conversations like yeah hair is different skin's different you know things are different but in reality like you know we bleed the same we do we do and I love you and I love you I regardless love you. like and that's how it should be all right well let's wrap this up because I could you know our conversations last forever so but I think um, a rule of thumb let's just try and include everybody and love everybody and and use those buckets of grace. And get out of those bubbles. Um, get out of your bubble, yes. I know that, like, it's so easy, and I'm going to stand by this right now, like, get off of social media. Like, take a break. I want to say this in, like, the least offensive way I can say it. Racism isn't new, and it's not going to be gone tomorrow. So if you need a day off of social media for your mental health, please do it. The comments will be there tomorrow. Right. They'll be there next week. Uh, we we got a weekend um, going up camping and hanging out. And it was just so refreshing because it was like we could actually focus on each other and on our kids and just like, okay, it'll still be here. And sure enough, it was here when we got back. You know, conversations are... I'm not saying don't put in the work. I'm just saying I feel like so many people are so tired right now, um, so hurt right now. And so angry right now, rightfully so, but taking a day off of social media, I think it's very important. I agree. Yeah. Because it's... Give uh, yourself some time to recharge. Yes. Like, unplug, recharge, 
because this is not this is not a fight that is like a one and done. This is going to be, you know, and it has been a long battle. It's a long fight, so you cannot be drained and tired. You can't, you can't. You can be tired of it, sick of it, sick of having to explain it. That's one thing. But like actually physically, mentally tired and exhausted, like take take a moment, take a breath. Breathe. I mean, give yourself some time to take everything in. Right. Because when you have so much stuff coming at you, there's no way to sort that out. No. No. No, and and there's so much. And it's, you know, I had to take a minute. I'm like, I feel like I'm grieving for so many different things right now um, and for different people. And just, man... How do I process this? Oh, yeah. And There's I, been times when I, like, text her and she was like, nope, can't even talk about it right now, Dominique. <laughs> All like, right. I, because here's the thing. Okay, let's, we really got to shut it down. But here's the thing. You know, because a lot of my bubble is white, I see a lot of the hate and a lot of the ignorance and a lot of that, like, all lives matter or... Uh, I back the blue, I stand with the badge, and just, I see a lot of that, and it's so painful. Black Lives Matter is not saying all lives don't matter. And I think there's been enough posting about that, like, trying to explain it. If you've missed it, go look it up. Go find it. Um, That little search bar. And now that the new thing is the, oh, defund the police, and now you're not going to be able to call 911 and get a police officer, like, that's not what it what it means and so if you're not doing the research and trying to understand what that actually means like don't jump to the assumption like defunding the police does not mean take away all funds it's reallocating and making sure that like okay we need to make sure that these things are in place you know whether now we're going to be requiring body cams or certain things are going to be you know not allowed right like that technique of the knee is not going to be allowed (laughs) you know like that type of stuff that all that's all reforms and things that need to change we talk about education needs to change history lessons need to change it's all been like that slept under the rug thing Mm -hmm. you know we are the change and we need to be the change yes for our children for our friends for our family it starts with one person, you know, that ripple effect that starts with one person, starts with you, and you you can't control anybody else. You can't change anybody. You need to be an example. Yep. All right, friend. I love you. Love you, too. Thank you so much for listening to The Amy Williams Show. I'd love for you to join The Amy Williams Show on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok using the handle at The Amy Williams Show and on Twitter at The AW Show. If you want to learn how to start your own podcast, the multiple ways to monetize it, leverage it, and maximize your influence, then join the private Facebook group at the International Podcast Coaching Network. Can't wait for you to join and get connected with like-minded women using their zone of genius to speak to the world. Before you go, the biggest compliment you can give to The Amy Williams Show is leaving a review, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or on the Stitcher app for Android. It means so much to me, and I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. Have a blessed day.